Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ave Geeks podcast. I'm Flight Corporal Jack Anderson. I'm sitting here with Flight Corporal Nadim Elgazar. Hello, everyone. And Flight Corporal Aiden Paul. How's it going? So for this week's topic, we are going to be talking about the two biggest manufacturers in aviation, Boeing and Airbus. Now, there is a very fierce rivalry between these two big companies, and two-thirds of all aircraft today are produced by these companies. So let's get Boeing. into it. Yeah, so Sorry. Boeing is one of the oldest still operating aircraft manufacturers on the planet. It was founded in 1916 by William Boeing, and he was a man that was later recognized in the Aviation Hall of Fame. There's a Hall of Fame for that? I, I genuinely did not know that. Yeah, okay. me either. That's cool. No, apparently um, there is. I found out when I actually did this. Interesting fact about Boeing. They actually um, built ships before they built aircraft. The reason he got into building planes was uh, during World War One, he uh, was talking with a guy in the military and the guy said, I bet you couldn't make a good plane. So he built a fighter plane to prove him wrong. And he found out that it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Airbus, he was founded in the 70s and the 80s. Um, so they weren't like Boeing. They weren't um, founded out of nothing. They were sort of merged together from a group of smaller companies in Europe. So when they started, they sort of had a foothold on the aviation market already. And their main goal was to compete with Boeing itself and to just try to manipulate their supremacy pretty much. Yes, it was. Now, these two companies are actually becoming very big in other aspects of the world. For example, more recently, China has used uh, Boeing as a bargaining chip because it's one of America's largest companies. So they've threatened to cancel all orders on Boeing planes and go directly to Airbus, which would hurt the American economy. So it definitely is important in today's society. For sure. Let's get into it. Now, Airbus and Boeing, they have two very different views on what their aviation should be. Mm -hmm. Um, We have four categories tonight. Sorry, were you going to say something? Yes, I was going to talk just really quickly about their different views on aviation. The the main view that Airbus follows, I'm not too much of a big fan of. It focuses more on computers. It's sort of, the way it looks is that the pilot is just there in case something goes wrong. The plane is supposed to be automated. The pilot's just there in case something goes wrong. Whereas Boeing, the way they view things, it's more like the pilot does everything. And then the plane's just there to help them. All the computers, they're there to assist the pilot. And I think that's a really good way to have it, uh, to have the pilots have actual skill instead of just plane does everything. Right. Um, for sure. All right. So sorry for interrupting you there. Let's read off what the categories are. Yeah. So tonight we have five different categories involving, which will help decide which aircraft is the best. So of course we have safety and historical significance, different uh, views on aviation, military versus commercial, and lastly, comfort as a passenger and a pilot. Uh, Yes, I think we can just cross off uh, different views on aviation. We sort of just did that very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, let's get into the safety. So Boeing has been all over the news recently. People have been complaining, saying that oh, their new plane isn't safe, they bribed the FAA, they didn't put it through the proper testing. Um, There's a lot of factors that happened in those two accidents. I'm not saying that Boeing should be excused for rushing that plane, but 
it definitely wasn't 100% their fault. There were other factors into that. Uh, we, we are probably going to talk about that actually in a future episode when we talk about the 737 MAX 8. Um, but for this episode, I would like to briefly touch on back in the 1980s when Airbus actually had a similar problem. And that's one that's very rarely brought up. It was um, the new A320 when it came out. Uh, it went on a test flight. The pilot made a maneuver uh, so he could do a nice slow flyby. And after that, uh, he was trying to climb out, but the plane noticed it was about to go into a stall and it slammed it right into the ground. That is actually very similar to what happened to the 737 MAX. And Boeing's gained a lot of, uh, a lot of grief over it, but Airbus did the exact same thing a while ago. But now the A320 is one of the safest planes there is because Airbus went back and fixed the problem. So I don't think we should all just hop on the hate Boeing bandwagon. I think we should give them time to actually fix the problem. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's really fair to make judgments like this, like when the aircraft, uh, it, it hasn't been around that long. It's only been around a few years. Uh, and sure, it's been in two accidents so far, but like every aircraft has accidents. There's always going to be outside factors that impact that. I think we need to wait until they uh, try and recertify it with the FAA until they've deemed it safe again. Yeah, and Boeing does have the title for the safest aircraft as they have the Boeing uh, 737, 700, 800, and 900 models, which are very reliable. These models have a 0.06 fatal crash rate per million flights globally. So that's like saying per every 2 million flights, approximately only one plane will go down. So that those numbers are just phenomenal. Yeah, they're very low. All right, so let's move on to the next category. What is it here? It is historical significance. Yes. So Airbus is fairly modern, so it doesn't have as much historical significance coming out in the late 70s to early 80s. Right. Boeing, on the Boeing. other hand, yeah, yeah. So you Boeing, um, no, no, sorry for cutting you off, but Boeing does have very uh, historically significant ideas in planes. For example, you might remember if you saw the, um, the best aircraft of World War II, the very first episode, um, you remember that a lot of the aircraft on that list were built by Boeing. The bombers were the main one. Is the uh, B-17 and the B-29. B-29. There was... Yeah, those are two vital planes in winning World War II. Without them, there's a very good chance that we would have lost the air war. And also with the Cold War, because um, we probably wouldn't have lost World War II. But if we hadn't had those planes, the Soviets would have been the main factor, which probably would have led us to lose the Cold War. Um, they've also built... Um, Actually, the ICBMs, the American long-range missiles, during the Cold War, they were the contractor who built those. Um, Little-known fact, they actually also invented the autopilot system back in the 1930s. With back the in the B-29, with the B-29, I thought. They, it was when it was first introduced. No, it was on a passenger plane, the very first one. Um, huh. Yeah, but... Concerned that it was back in the 1930s, that's very high tech. Like when you think of autopilot, you think of the most cutting edge modern planes. You don't think of planes from 90 years ago. Mm -hmm. Paul, you're going to say something. I'm sorry, what'd you say? You were going to say something earlier. Oh, yeah, no, Anderson um, already said it. All right. No. Uh, yeah. So Boeing obviously has a longer history than Airbus when it comes to historical significance. 
as Boeing was established in 1916. So Boeing actually had to struggle when it came to finding planes that can take larger numbers of people and flying long distance. While Airbus, when they came in in the 1970s, and let's not forget, Boeing, the Boeing 747 had its first commercial flight in 1970. So Airbus came at a time where Boeing was already in a golden year. Yeah, um, so for the next topic, we're gonna to be talking about military versus commercial. All right, um, here we go. Here's where I actually yeah. kind of specialize in. <laughs> yes, a lot of people bring up the fact saying, oh, Airbus has uh, statistically a better safety rating. That's a very shallow analysis they, of the, of the yeah, facts. They have one major aircraft used for military. That, yeah, the, it's the Eurofighter, Eurofighter Typhoon. typhoon. Right? Yeah. yeah, whereas the uh, Boeing Corporation, they built the B-17, B-29, um, Basically, B-52. Every- I, I believe the B-52 was built by them, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'll check. Well, they also, um, believe it or not, they build a lot of other things too. Like they build uh, surface-to-air missiles. They, they've actually built some submarines and ships too. Computer systems are by them too. But, I mean, you can't really compare safety when a lot of what you're talking about is getting shot at and the other part isn't. Like, that's not exactly a fair comparison. Um, F-18s, I forgot to mention those, the, yeah. the F-18s are built by Boeing and that's probably the backbone of the U.S. Navy and it was of the U.S. Air Force about 20 years ago. I don't know, can backbone of our Air Force because it's our, it, it's our only, it's, our a, it's the only Canadian fighter jet we have. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, in a lot of countries though, Boeing is the main aircraft producer especially in the United States, North America, and Western Europe. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Comfort as a passenger. Mm-hmm. See, this I'd also one, like to add as a pilot as well. Just... As a pilot, yes. Um, this one is kind of hard to do because a lot of the comfort levels depend on what airline you're flying on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I was mainly talking about the engine volume. So... Uh, many pilot. So, as a pilot, they say that the Airbus has a for, that, uh, has a very quiet and comfortable cockpit, much better than a seven thirty seven. That's just comparing like to the seven thirty seven. Well, though. yeah, right. I, I think the main reason for that is um, if you look at an Airbus versus a Boeing cockpit, the Airbus they have a joystick that's off to the side, so you don't have something like uh, up in between your legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you do on a Boeing plane, you have the yoke there. I mean, that's that's a lot more comfortable for your hands, but it's not really comfortable for your legs. It, it, right. it really hurts, especially on long flights. Like um, Boeing, a lot of their planes are really long haul planes. Like they fly the eight to 10 hour routes. That would, that would be awful to sit there with something crushed between your legs for 10 hours straight. Um, though on Airbus, I, I hate the idea of a joystick there. Like I have to admit there's no really good idea for what to use on um on a plane if you notice those smaller planes get this right like smaller companies like cessnas they they don't have something in between your legs but they still have a yoke which is more comfortable than the joystick off to the side yeah i prefer that design yeah definitely so i definitely think the airbus would be more comfortable for the long haul routes though on the shorter haul routes it'd probably it'd probably be boeing because it's easier to hold on to um for passenger comfort, 
I'd say as a general rule, the newer the aircraft is, the more comfortable it is. That that definitely is a very broad statement. Um, it's just mainly because the engines nowadays are a lot quieter because they're a lot more fuel efficient. Um, so that, that one's not really between Boeing and Airbus. It's just the newer you get, the more comfortable they typically are. Right. Also, I think it might be worth mentioning here that the thing that the most luxury airliner here uses Airbus planes, it's called Etihad Airlines. Their main airliner is the A380, which I figured I should probably mention. Yeah, um, I don't really idea. think that's, I think that's only because it's the biggest in the world. They want to put as many people as they can on there for the highest amount of profits. True. But did you hear that uh, Emirates is actually, um, they're uh, retiring most of their fleet of A380s because huh. they're just not profitable anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, um, well, the A380, it's only really good if you can fill it up with a ton of people. Otherwise, it's just a massive, inefficient, like, price gouge. That's mm-hmm. why you've seen recently, um, you don't really see four-engine massive planes anymore unless they're on the really high-demand routes like uh, London to uh, New York, for example. You mainly see, like, 777s, 787s flying those routes, um, which is another thing. Boeing and Airbus, another thing you compare their views on, is the point-to-point and the hub-and-spoke model. So the difference between those are, is that for point-to-point, if you wanna fly, for example, uh, from Toronto to Moscow, you just get on a plane between Toronto and Moscow. Whereas with Airbus, since that's not really a very um, a very profitable route, they probably wouldn't have you fly that. They'd have you fly Toronto to maybe Paris and Paris to Moscow. But who would ever want to do that? You have to get off the plane. You have to go uh, to another gate. You have to go all the way around the airport. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see this in some of their designs. Like the A380, for example, uh, there haven't been that many orders for it recently because most airlines want the point-to-point. It's way more efficient. Um, so Boeing, I think, definitely covers that market better with their new um, 787, the 777. And the 737 MAX 8, when that's recertified. But an interesting thing is because Airbus bought from Bombardier the C-Series and turned it into the A220 program. That is very interesting because they now have a plane that can actually fly over the ocean, barely. Because I bet you didn't know that could fly over the ocean. It's very small, but it's very efficient. So at its max range... It doesn't hold a lot of people, but it's very efficient. It's a money maker. Right. So Air Canada has actually ordered quite a lot of those. It's I'm here it's gonna be the new backbone of the fleet if they can't get the seven thirty seven Max eight reapproved. Yeah, I already um, saw a couple of them flying when I was like down in Toronto. Yes, and those ones um they've been praised for their passenger comfort because those ones have been said to be really comfortable. Boeing is actually supposed to buy out uh, Embraer this year, but because of the pandemic, they backed out of it. Hard to make money. It is. That's why you see a lot of airlines are going bankrupt in the last few years. Even before the pandemic, air travel has just become a lot less expensive, a lot less profitable. And a big problem is that the world's running out of pilots, which is, again, another topic for another time. but it is definitely interesting to note that with these new aircraft, um, they're a lot more efficient. They require a lot less uh, pilots. 
that's why the big two, Airbus and Boeing, they can't seem to get it right, which is why they're buying out the smaller companies. They've already gotten it right. Uh, so Elgazar, what's the last topic? Well, we already covered a lot of it, but the last topic is between, uh, we wanted to resolve the, resolve the debate between the Boeing 747 and the Airbus A380 that has been going on for pretty much 15 years. So, Yes, it has. <laughs> so if we're talking pure numbers, um, the A380, it looks better on paper because it can hold more passengers. Yes, yeah, um, insane. But if, you, if you're looking for um, like significance overall, the 747 is definitely more significant. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, because you can see a 747, even if you're not um, an aviation enthusiast, you can see it and you will recognize it instantly. People love that plane. Like it yeah. is just, it's been nicknamed the queen of the skies and I think it definitely earns that name. The, oh. the A380, um, it's not really having as much life. Like it's not having a long service life. And I think the reason they're doing that is because it was designed to compete with the 747, but the age of jumbo jets and four engine aircraft is coming to an end. Um, that was really prevalent from the dawn of uh, flight till about the 90s. In the 90s and early 2000s, uh, it became so unprofitable, sorry, unprofitable to run a four engine plane because two engines, they can carry the exact same amount of passengers, but with lower fuel. It's I a no brainer. The, for sure. I think over the next few years, it's going to be a rare sight to see a four, like a, yeah, uh, a four engine plane. Yes. And um, Paul, you brought up a good point here in the chat, especially after 9-11. Yes. After 9-11, the number of people flying went down and the jet fuel prices skyrocketed. So there was little reason to ever want to use a four engine plane. In fact, I think the A380, the A340, and the 747 are still mainly the only ones flying that I've seen recently. And the 747 has been retired with quite a lot of airlines recently. So it's, right. it's definitely yeah. sad, though, because those are classic aircraft. Like, they're beautiful. For sure. But I think yep. in conclusion, we can say that the Boeing 747 has a much longer history than the A380. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I think the reason that is, though, is because of the history. They designed the A380 back in the 70s, back when it was a good idea to have a four-engine plane, but it took so long to develop that by the time they had it, it was coming into a world where no one wanted a four-engine plane. If they had released it back in the 70s, it would have given the 747 a run for its money. The problem is Airbus wasn't even a thing until early 70s, so. Yeah. Um, it's not really all right, so let's let's crown a champion. I'm going to go ahead and say Boeing. They had a richer history. They've probably built the best aircraft in history. Um, they're deeply woven into the American economy. They're probably the biggest company in the United States right now. Uh, like a lot of people don't realize how big Boeing is. It creates thousands of jobs. And I like the fact that it was an underdog story. Boeing, the man, he, um, he was left a little bit of land by his father and he turned it into a lumber yard. And then eventually he turned it into an aircraft facility. Did you know that the Boeing plant is actually the biggest indoor building in the world? I guess the biggest enclosed space in the world. Oh, they'll obviously need it. I thought, was the NASA, are NASA. I thought that was a NASA shipyard. 
No, that's you're thinking of the tallest one. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, whereas Airbus, they were they were already made up of fairly big companies in Europe. So Boeing was an underdog. The man had a dream, and he made it come true. I think that's a beautiful story. Me too. Um, so yep. that pretty much wraps up our time for tonight. We want to thank you again for listening to the Ave Geeks podcast. Um, thank you, and have a very nice day.